We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. Not recently. Couple yeah. Years well, ago. Jimbo coached uh, at Auburn. You know that, right? Right. You know, uh, my uh, my, uh, my grandmother bought a car from Jimbo when he coached at Auburn. Oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he screwed her. I'm sure he screwed her. I'm, I'm sure that was not a good deal. Overpaid her by about It's just like anything. It's like, you know, you eat a great muffin and, and you're like, man, that was a great muffin. And then you figure out what was in the muffin so you can make them for yourself all the time. It's yeah. the same thing. And when they've had success, Nick Marshall ain't reading three routes. Cam Newton could barely read one. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and dive into our Auburn talk. We did a little bit last week. Uh, I didn't think I, I thought about reaching out to you, and I was like, man, this dude's too big for us. He's not going to Nah, no, y'all hit me up anytime, man. I Look, I I'm, I'm started started from the bottom, dog. I know I know how it feels, man, and, and I got turned down by a lot of people, and, and you just got to keep, you know, kind of putting your hand in the basket, bro. But, no, y'all, I'll come on whenever y'all need me. I appreciate it. Right. So, um, what what? So obviously, with Auburn, you lose two. Was it two first round or a first and a second? Yeah, first and a second. Marlon went second to the second round of the Falcons, and Derek okay. Brown obviously, you know, went yep. seventh to the Panthers. Yeah, I could I I couldn't remember where he got picked at the where Marlon got picked at. Yeah, and then and then four of the five starters on the offensive line are going. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. yeah. So. You know, you have some guys that played a, that played a little bit, but you know, Nick Brahms at center replaced Caleb Kim for about half the season. But you know, you look around, you know, you have some talented personnel, but just there's not a lot of experience there. Right. So, well, so, you know, you talked like, about the offensive line being bad, and A and M's kind of in the similar spot where we have all of our offensive line returning, but we don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yeah, you you have uh, all this experience, but sometimes that's not a good thing. Yeah, I'll say this, that because of the pandemic, I think that experience is multiplied by about 10 right now because I guarantee you that that not having that spring practice hurts Auburn bad on the offensive line. Now having Texas, like South Carolina is in a similar situation. Kentucky is too. You know, they return a lot of their offensive linemen, so therefore that learning curve, is, is reduced a little bit so they're not having to play catch-up because, you know, you can do all the Zoom meetings you want. You, you can sit there and get on the board all you want. But until you're out there going through the walkthroughs with five guys next to each other, understanding how to combo on the inside zone, understanding how to read the pull, understanding who the will really is and how to count the box, then, you know, it's, it's not nearly what you're going to get out of it if you're out there running around. And I know that sounds very simple, but it's not just the practices. The walkthroughs are huge. Mm-hmm. The yep. walkthroughs are huge. That's where you start. You start at the walk. You don't just run out there and say, "All right, guys, run the power." You know what I'm saying? It's right. we're gonna we're gonna do the walkthrough. All right, I'm gonna do the walkthrough versus every look we can possibly get. And most of the time, the OC and the DC, you know, sit there and script it out. All right, you know, this is what we're going to give you today. So then the DC knows. All right, we have to prepare for this, this, and that but they don't sit there and guess the play. So it, you're, you don't get that. And it hurts the coaches because you don't get mm-hmm. that live play calling. Sometimes they'll go off the cuff and, and it's just, it's just a weird deal, man. But I think actually it's going to really help AM uh, having those experienced guys come back, even if they're not the most talented, Woody, I think you're exactly right on that sentiment. I don't think you're wrong at all. And I think that's where Auburn was last year with those guys coming back. But I think this year is just, uh, I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. 
And I and I agree. I think there's it's obviously there's good and bad to each side. There is, right? there is, and you're not wrong. That, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, there's just certain things like I would have loved for one of these guys to maybe. Sorry, people were shooting off fireworks in my apartment complex. Apparently, <laughs> um, but I would have loved to see some of the younger guys get a shot at supplanting some of these older guys. Yeah. That haven't proven and it that hurts them too you know and I mean, guys that are fighting for a job obviously they're not going to get a chance this year i don't think a no, real chance no. well what I'm it is what oh, it go is ahead, Woody, sorry. Go ahead, go no ahead. You're, you're fine go ahead i'm just i'm interested in seeing in these first few games and really the teams that have a big game out of the gate now like if you look like at auburn, auburn. <laughs> yeah they get alcorn state and then north carolina it, the way i the way i look at it is it's such a plus because it's kind of like in basketball when you're trying to find that lineup you know, you're not going out there playing against, you know, Oklahoma in the first game where you don't want to sub a lot because you have to have elite guys out there all the time. Well, now you can kind of see what works. You can kind of put that puzzle piece together because most of these are going to be building the parachute on the way down. And anytime you're doing that, you know, you open, there's, I think there's going to be some crazy plays in college football this year. I think there's going to be some plays, you know, where guys just, below the assignment four or five times a game on the offensive line and, and you get three sack fumbles. I think you're going to see that. I yeah. think it's going to be sloppy early. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I didn't – obviously, none of us on our side played college ball, but I, I played on the O-line, and, and I was wondering how much you would know. But So, I remember whenever we would do walkthroughs and then go against live guys or go against live hits and stuff um, – when you're sitting there and, and then they change out and they bring in like, well, now we're going to try out this guy and put him. So I was a guard. And anytime they put a different tackle next to me, our combo blocks and pass pro were always yeah. screwed up on the first yeah. 10 plays or so. Cause everybody, so like, especially on a combo, you're going to come on this three tech and then go off to the backer. Some guys need you to stay on that combo a little yeah. bit longer. And then exactly. you, if you screw that up, then they're both flying through and, and so I don't know how much of that happens at the college level without it, practice. Or... Uh, dude, it, it, it does because, again, it's chemistry. It's timing. You know, and you understand, like, if I'm, if I'm you and I'm sitting at guard and I know the tackle next to me, yeah. well, I know that tackle, if he's really good and he's pretty powerful, I can kind of anticipate that push coming a little bit because, mm -hmm. you know, who's ever going to have to fall off depending on which way the play is going. You know how much power that guy's bringing. You right. know practically how long it takes him to step down and initiate that double because, you know, most of the time when you're working a combo, you want it half man, half man until the takeover. Right. And, you know, it's never going to work out where you both hit him at the same time, but you get a feel where once you collision – and I know, hey, my boy Jeremy's at tackle. He's going to get a great bump, and I'm going to be able to overturn it, and he's going to be able to work up. Yeah. You don't get that, and now you throw another guy in there, and, and, you know, you're passing the ball to a guy you don't know if he can shoot or not. Right. So it's, it's, it's tough, and it's, it's a chemistry thing. It's just it's exactly like, you know, working handoffs with the quarterback, you know, on, on zone read. It's the same yeah. thing. It's timing, and you working with that back, those, those one to two backs that that one quarterback works with, well, what do you see when those two go down and a new guy has to come in? Come in? Most of the time you catch that guy grabbing that ball a little bit, and it squirts mm -hmm. out. So yeah. there's so many little things um, that you don't – that you have to accentuate with the time that you have – that is going to be sped up now to the point where, you know, do you have a ton of time to work on turnover circuit every day or, or have you, are you having to make up for install? So, you know, which kid stayed in shape at home? It's just, there's so much going on. There's so many moving parts. Um, I'm just very interested to see 
just how sloppy it is early, especially in these marquee matchups week one. Yeah, so um, obviously they're going to be question marks up front, but there's there's a ton of speed still there for Bo to work with. What? Do, okay, so I have another question. What was with the transfer of the running back? Was there something behind that, or uh, you, which 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 back? You talking about the quarterback that came to Auburn? No, the transfer out because now Marshall or that five-star running back is going to be the number one guy. Oh, right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I can't, I can't remember the names. But... Yeah, yeah. It, the biggest thing you have to remember about that situation, and you're talking about Booby Whitlow. Yes, yes. Jartavius. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that's my fault. Um, DJ Williams and him. The biggest thing about Booby, I'm gonna go into. He didn't go to class. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to class, and he was a good back. I don't think he was a great back. I think he showed flashes. DJ Williams, I think, is a good back. But you look at Tank Bigsby, and yep. I had Brad Lester on the show who trains him, trains him and Najee Harris, and he's trained, you know, Dalvin Cook and guys, and he's like, listen, I mean, he's as good as any of them. I mean, he's 211 pounds right now. Um, the biggest thing about him, and he has to work on his ball security, but what true freshman running back doesn't, right. is that he's able – he's a taller guy, but he's able to cut – and stay low and use his leverage and remain powerful. He never raises up, and most of the time with taller high school backs, and on Johnson kind of did this a little bit early in his career, is they tend to raise up. Well, the first time you raise up in the SEC, one of those linebackers is going to come knock your teeth through your throat. But he yeah. already has that. But the biggest thing I hear from the coaching staff about Tank Bigsby is that he is a leader, that he wants to win, and that he's already pretty much cemented himself as the leader in that room. And when you have an alpha that comes in, especially that position with that amount of talent, um, you look behind him, you got a guy named Mark Anthony Richards that I think nobody's talking about uh, that was a four-star. And, and I literally think, and people, some people think I'm crazy, I think DJ Williams is the third best running back on the roster right now. I think uh, Tank Bigsby's one. I like Mark Anthony, the, the second one. He was coming off a knee injury, but I'm hearing he's healthy. DJ, like I said, I think he's a good back. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he is what Tank is going to be. Um, I'm just really excited to see this kid because, you know, Auburn is known for running backs, and I know Carnell Williams is really excited about having him. Yeah. So, I mean, Tank Bigsby yeah. is clearly the future of that backfield. Yeah. I mean, that's clear. Yeah, I was just curious if there was something out. Uh, just the class thing. That's a good question, Jordy. It was a class thing. You know, he had a good game in the Bama game. He had some fumble troubles. But, you know, when, when you don't take care of stuff off the field in a program as high – because, you know, Auburn, go get a back. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, Auburn, go get a running back. You know what I'm saying? It's not – you know, you're not, you're not out there looking for where's Waldo. So, you know, it, it's to the point where I think Auburn is – I think Auburn actually and, and – I, I try to stay unbiased as possible. I think Auburn possibly has the most underrated backfield in the SEC. I mean, fair. Yeah, I mean, it's, I no it's just with, an unproven no backfield. It's, exactly. It's to, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way. I mean, and, 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 un, and unproven and unproven's always going to be underrated by right until outside, anybody knows by the outside. Yeah, it, 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 it is, but but what I'm saying is, I think Auburn legitimately has a chance to finish in the top three in rushing in the conference. I mean, I think they can, they be, do every year. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not, and I know I talked about the offensive line and them struggling, but what I like is with Chad Morris coming in and that spread option passing game that he has, I actually believe it or not guys, I think coach Malzahn's going to let him take the reins 
for the most part. And I think Auburn will start to be able to be a little more unpredictable on first and second down. Obviously, I think everybody, even at Texas A&M, knows that Auburn's running probably inside zone or zone read on first down. So I think Chad's going to mix that up a little bit. And I think what you'll start to see is Auburn, you know, throwing the check down a little bit more. If you go watch the game versus Florida, you know, a tight game there until the end. If they throw the check down on third and 13, uh, the back's wide open. That's another thing talking about Bo Nix is he's got to get better at looking the check down. So, you know, I, I think while they are unproven, I, I say underrated because I think that's how high they're going to finish. Um, I don't think it's a middle of the pack deal. I think it's a, a top three in the conference. Um because it has to be, and, and when you got some guys that you can feed, you know, like I said, it all comes down to that offensive line. But but I'm I know Auburn fans are very excited about the running game. So a couple of things. One, there's another similarity between you know A uh, and M and uh, Auburn, where you we have the same experience with predictable play calling. <laughs> not re- not recently. A couple oh, yeah. Years well, ago. Jimbo coached at uh, Auburn. You know that, right? <laughs> right. You know, uh, my uh, my, uh, and, uh, my grandmother bought a car from Jimbo when he coached at Auburn. <laughs> that is, totally see Jimbo as a as a either a used car salesman or a, a new car. Yeah, salesman. oh, I'm, I'm sure he's screwed her. I'm sure he's screwed her. I'm, I'm sure that was uh, not a good deal. Overpaid you know, her by about thirty million. Uh, yeah, you know, Chad Morris was a uh, quarterback at A and M back in the day, right? Yeah, I believe so. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, I actually tell you something crazy. The guy that I uh, coached under at, at South Alabama was a guy named Tommy Perry who played at Texas A&M. He was actually the 12th man, and his oh. grandfather was John David Crow. No oh. kidding. Oh, man, that's wow. cool. Yep. How did you not leave with that? That's like oh, I just thought legend. I'd save that one for you, drop that on you a little bit. No, you told me a story <laughs> just about yeah. the Junction boys. Because, you know, yeah. he ran down yeah. on, on kickoff for four. He wasn't the greatest, but played a little fullback. But, right. you know, that, that family, he was, he was just telling me how, you know, how – high esteem that his grandfather was held in and, and oh. you know, that was his hero so he's the uh, legend cool at connection. a&m yeah, oh, yeah it's a cool connection with their the original I, football but uh so but when we were so when we were talking about auburn i i kind of we all kind of came kind of came to the same the same conclusion that the the running game is going to be fine they'll figure it out that's going to be fine it's all going to be about the o-line and bo nicks if bo nicks can make that step you know because like obviously he was you know he was a good freshman he wasn't you know he was just a he was a freshman. Yeah. If he can make that step to that next level yeah. of uh, SEC play, then Auburn's going to be a really good team. If yeah. not, then they're going to finish nine and three or eight and four where yeah. we predicted them. To. I, I agree. The biggest thing, the biggest thing for me about Bo and, and it's something when you're out there and you can see it, it, it was so good for him to see LSU and Joe Burrow. It was so good for him to see Jake Fromm in Georgia. It was so good for him to go to beat Alabama, uh, to yeah. beat Justin Herbert and Oregon. You know, the offense didn't play great that game. The defense won that game. But he knows what it's supposed to look like. He knows mm-hmm. what it's supposed to feel like. He knows how the people are supposed to act. And it's just like anything. It's like, you know, you eat a great muffin, and, and you're like, man, that was a great muffin. And then you figure out what was in the muffin so you can make them for yourself all the time. It's yeah. the same thing. He has the ingredients now. All he's got to do is put it in the oven, be patient, and take it out and eat it. So I think that's something that, that you're going to see, and that's a mental part of it. Now, uh, with that being said, you got to go out and make the throws. And you got to go out and make the reads. What I'm hoping is that Auburn gives him more than a read and a half to look at, though. If you watch – and, again, this is all in, under the assumption that the offensive line is going to be steady, so let's make that assumption. Okay. Uh, watch. Uh, there's not really a lot of second reads in the passing game of, of Auburn the past couple of years. Well, yeah. why is that? Because most of the time 
Auburn has a quarterback that can run pretty good. And when they've had success, Nick Marshall ain't reading three routes. Cam Newton <laughs> could barely no. read one. You know what I'm saying? So it, now you have a guy in Bo Nix that can read it. And Bo can run a little bit. You know, I, I did some numbers crunching actually a couple weeks ago. And I looked at Auburn uh, since Co- Coach Malzahn was there. And when the quarterback rushes for over 350 yards, Auburn is 32-7 and seven under Gus Malzahn. When the I'm talking about for this season, okay. when uh, not for any game, they would be undefeated. Yeah, yeah, for a season. <laughs> Those are all Cam Newton, right? That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, no, but uh, and every game, every season where the quarterback has rushed for under 350 yards, they're like 12 and 21. So you know that's a huge difference. And if, if you think about it, Bo Nix rushed for 313 yards last year. How many close games were Auburn in? Was Auburn in? Imagine if he'd have kept a few of those zone reads and picked up another, you know, 50, 60 yards. Does Auburn win a few of those one possession games? I bet they do. And he ends up with over 350 yards rushing. So that's a stat I would love for you guys to kind of keep up with. Um, you know, and I know it's tough, but I think if you look at the end of the year and Auburn ha- and Bonex has over 350 rushing yards, I think Auburn's in a pretty good spot. And I think that stat probably holds up for a lot of teams because, like, if mm-hmm. you have a if you have a dual threat quarterback that's being successful at doing it, yeah, you're gonna win some games. You know, yeah, like exactly. that's just how it goes. You can't account for him, right? I, I mean, you're playing eleven at, on eleven football. What was it before? You know, a couple of years ago, it was damn near every Bama loss was to a quarterback running the ball. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that that's all it base. I mean, that's not all it took. Obviously, you're still trying to beat Bama. Well, it keeps plays alive. The, think about the, the Johnny denominator. Manziel. Yeah, think about the Johnny Manziel Alabama game. How many yeah. times did he run around and close his eyes and throw it to Mike Evans? You know, you gotta you gotta have some stuff like that sometimes. I look at Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton. People forget Auburn beat Kentucky by three that yeah. year. Kicked a field goal. Cam Newton was running around for his life throwing the ball 60 yards on a rope, you know, making incredible yeah. throws. And Joe Burrow, look, did the same thing. Look at the SEC championship game. I mean, he's throwing balls behind his back, 40 yards to Jamar yeah. Chase and those guys. So, you know, any any time where you can keep the play alive, because that's where everything breaks down, um, it's going to help. And, you know, I think Kellen Mond's a great example of that. I mean, Kellen, you know, with his ability to keep the play alive and then scramble as a defensive coach, all week I'm worried about how are we going to contain the run? How are we going to stop the quarterback draw? What if they get an empty – and they run the quarterback draw, and they combo up to us. With Kellen Mond, you're in trouble. So you have to have answers, and it takes a lot more practice time and a lot more discipline to be able to contain a guy that may not be an elite runner but can hurt you with his feet. Right. Yep. And my biggest problem, I think you pretty much touched on it already, but with Bo Nix, I saw a lot of panic in his game mm-hmm. as a freshman. That's normal as a freshman. But With a bad offensive line, yeah. With a bad offensive line, yeah. too. But I need to see that next step. Yeah, I agree. Before I'm ready to buy in fully on the Bo Nix hype train. Because there is a pretty decent little hype train going on right now for oh, Bo yeah. Nix. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's Patrick Nix's son, man. You know how that yeah, is. But, I mean, but Bo's a good player. Now. Bo's a really good player. I, no, I think and I agree. I just need him to take – I need to see him take that next yeah. step of composure in the pocket, escaping when he needs to. Yeah. And making a – stepping into a throw down field. Yeah, he needs yeah. to be more organized in the pocket. You're right. Yeah. Obviously, I watched more A&M games than Auburn games last year, but I, I, I kind of think him and Kellamon were in a similar situation. When Kellamon, Kellamon didn't really keep a whole lot of plays alive last year. It was more of once he got out, he was going. Yeah. And, yeah. But that's because a lot of the times 
you're getting rushed by two guys. There's not one guy missing a block. There's multiple people missing blocks <laughs> on that offensive line. It's easy to evade one guy, roll out, and look downfield. It's hard to do that when you have two guys chasing you. One's in your face. One's coming from behind. So, I mean, that's if your O-line just improves yeah. a little bit. That's a great If deal. only one guy fucks up every right. play. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just have only one fuck up? Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, too, whenever you're – and whenever your eyes go down, that's why the, the, the guys that cause the most problems are the guys that can rush from the interior. Yep. You know, those guys on the exterior, you kind of got a chance a little bit because most time they got to run the hoop. God forbid they beat them inside. You can do something. But, you know, it's whenever, like, like you said, James, that's a great point. You know, whenever you have multiple guys, your eyes aren't downfield because <laughs> you're having to get out of Pan's Labyrinth just to survive. So, yep. you know, it, it's something to where – just hold up enough to get the ball out. Cause I think there's some good enough skill position players, just like at A&M, you know, hold up enough to let the guy get out of his route. And if you yep. let him get out of his route, you know, Kellen will put the ball most time where he needs to be. I'd like to see a little more touch from Kellen. I know we're going to get into yep. that, but yeah, with, he's shown with, flashes with it, but yeah, he has. I, and I know he's so, he's so talented. God, he's one, so talented. one game. He'll look like a first round draft pick. The next game he looks undraftable. Yeah. It, it's, it's again, it's, it's consistency and, and something where, you know, Kellen has – A&M has a chance – really has a chance this year. But Kellen has to become the guy. And by the guy, you got to throw the ball away. You've got to and know when to say when, when to get 15 instead of taking that extra hit for the 20 because they're going to need him. So when I look at Bo Nix and I look at Kellen Mon and I say, okay, I'm going to assume you all both have good offensive lines, there's a lot of talent and a lot of wins in those arms. So I'm very <laughs> interested to see – when if those dynamics come together, just how potent these offenses can be, because it, there is a lot of kinetic potential uh, in both of them. Yeah, yeah. I think and, I think Bo Nix's junior and senior year will be something special. Yeah, I actually, to be honest with you, I don't think Bo will be around his senior year. Really, you think he'll be a, a three and yeah. done? I know the scouts are. I know all the scouts love him. Um, you know, again, he's got to prove it on the field. But as long as he doesn't just totally screw it up, I would be shocked to see him come back for so, a senior year. And I will you say – You don't think – like, like let, let's say he gets like a – so you think he's going to be a top five draft pick or he's going to get like and a I think first round? Junior, by his junior year, I think he's going to be top 15 pick. So, oh, yeah. so my thinking my thinking on it was, you know, I, I'm like, you know, like borderline, come back for a senior year or not. But then with his dad being who he is and, you know, his family being what it is, yeah. I figured I, I would peg him as a four-year guy, come back. That's, a, that's a great point. Up. That's a great that's point. That's what I thought. But yeah. if he gets a top five grade, you got to be gone, yeah. right? Yeah, like, I just know there. he's going to throw good. You know, he's he's going to win some games at Auburn. He's going to put Auburn in a chance. You know, give him a chance. He's not going to screw up off the field. He's not going to say the wrong thing. He's going to do well at the combine. He's going to throw well on air. And, you know, he does have that a little bit. He's got some moxie about him a little bit, and and the scouts drool over that stuff. And it's not a, you know, coming out there and, and trying to, you know, do too much or whatever. But, you know, he kind of panicked in the pocket. But if you watch his demeanor on the field and even that Oregon game, talking to Gus Malzahn, he's in control. And that's what I watch. Is the kid in control? Who's running the offense? It was kind of the, a defense-led team last year with the defensive line. And you're a true freshman, so there's only so much – you know, really you can do, but yeah, I want to see now that he, it's his team. I want to see how Bo Nix is when it's his team. And uh, James, you make some great points. Would I be shocked if he had a really good junior year? Let's say he gets a top 20 grade and his dad says, nah, you know, where you're an Auburn man, you're going to get your degree would not be shocked. I just, 
And I don't, I'm very slow to hype guys and overhype guys, especially, you know, young guys that are going into a sophomore year. But Bo Nix for me checks a lot of the boxes that you're looking for uh, when you're trying to find somebody to lead a team and eventually lead a franchise. So I think that's going to be really interesting to, to look at, James. I think me and you are going to have some pretty good conversations down the road about that. So I yeah, think – Especially when we get closer. Yeah. I think one thing that you have to look at when we're comparing Kellen Mond and Bo Nix is the offense that they run. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris's offense are pretty – they're meant to spread the ball out, get the ball out, and get them to your athletes, right? They're not. Yeah. You're not talking about hard reads. You're not talking about complex option routes and things like that. That plays very well for a sophomore quarterback. Mm-hmm. It makes it easy on him, right? Yeah. With Kellen Mond, Jimbo Fisher runs a very complex offense in terms of the college game. He yeah. runs a pro-style offense with a lot of option routes and things like that. And, and Jimbo's very hard on quarterbacks. Very. He's very hard yeah. on quarterbacks. And you can see Kellen Mond in game start thinking too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when he starts thinking too much, that's when it all breaks down for him. And I think that's where Bo Nix has the advantage over Kellen Mond is it's a simpler offense to run. It's mm-hmm. get the ball out to your playmakers, let them run, easy reads, things like that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a great point. I'm really in a lot of Auburn fans. Woody, it's funny you say that. A lot of Auburn fans are begging to open it up, make it a little yeah. more complicated, please. Yeah. You know. And I think that's kind of – I was kind of alluding to it earlier. I actually believe and, – and you guys can quote me on this, and I, I'm, in the, I'm in a minority that, – that I think Chad – it's going to be Chad Morris's passing game a little bit. And what I see and, and what I hope – is that what they start doing is running a few more combination routes out of trips, starting to try and attack the middle of the field out of spread concepts, doubles, you know, man, run some digs. You know what I'm saying? Run some double slants and hit the second slant guy for 12. You know, how about we run a little post corner? Or how about, you know, let's really really dick them and let's run a post wheel. If Auburn (laughs) ran a post wheel, I think the the free safety in the middle would fall down and throw up. I think it just would be so shocked. So, you know, I really would like to see Auburn – take that next step Woody that's a great observation because it's the truth bro and uh, you know Auburn fans really would like to say listen we think Bo Nix you know could read a Harry Potter book if we asked them to man so please you know (laughs) open this thing up a little bit and uh you know let's let our receivers eat let Bo sling it you know Auburn threw the ball there were a few games the Georgia game I think Auburn threw it 50 times I get it man but we A&M's been in that spot too where we run the same kind of spread dink dunk Get it out to your playmaker offense. No, it wasn't the same, but it was the same concept of spread offense. Get it out to your playmakers. Let them run. And we said, please, God, get a different offense. Get it more complicated. Throw the ball down the middle of the field. And now you people know, well, are look, about it being too yeah, complicated. Yeah. So. If you look, like, look at what Alabama and Georgia and all of them do. And Alabama obviously didn't work very good this past season because Auburn actually mixed it up a little bit in the passing game. You know, and they also had two pick sixes. That helps. But, you know, <laughs> that was a crazy game. Dude, Ed, that game is crazy every game, man. Like, yeah. uh, that's you talk about taking hey, that's, off of somebody's life, dog. That's, like, I'm going to die when I'm 40. That's weak shit. Imagine losing by, losing by 27 to Alabama in a game you threw four pick sixes in. Oh. That's real <laughs> shit right there. Well, you know, it was crazy. It's, it's crazy because, you know, Alabama and, and Georgia and all of them, what they say is, okay, you want to sit here and spit it out? 
on passing downs, here's what we're going to do. We're going to line up in two-man, baby, because that stuff does yep. not work. You want to run the bubble? That's great. Our slot, our, our nickel has the slot man-on-man. Man. You know, he's not worried about what yep. one's doing. The, the biggest problem I see is Auburn gets two-man, and they don't have any rub, you know, man-beaters, really. They, they don't have any rub, you know, because what Alabama does is they shade those safeties to the slot guys, and they say corners, Patrick Sertan – Oh boy, over here, you're better than their, rece- their receivers. You, you go get do them. that when you're and, cock strong right. and five star cornerbacks. Man works really well when you have that much talent. Exactly. When you're cock strong yeah. with five star cornerbacks, it works pretty exactly. well. That's what, why do you think that? I mean, again, you look at the teams that win. I mean, they're the teams that can line up and say, "All right, here's my guy. Here's your guy. We're going to rush four every time." And because uh, again, if you got corners, the recipe for Bama in Georgia and Pruitt now at Tennessee is this: dominant corners and four guys that can rush the passer. We don't want to have to rush five. We want to be able to rush four. Not only do we want to be able to rush four during passing downs, we want those four to be able to two-gap. And so that way the linebackers are always running free, and the linebackers can now run in coverage. They're not worried about guys coming up to them because Jaron Reed's taking the center and the guard and jacking them both at the line and holding them right here and being able to eat two gaps. So, you know, it's kind of building it from outside underneath, and it works, man. Look at LSU last year with Derek Stingley, the best cornerback in the in the nation. Yeah, it makes it a whole. It gives you an. It almost. Derek Stingley almost, takes away an entire side of the field. He does. It almost gives you. I. It almost. It's like it almost gives you an extra player. It I also mean, helps yeah, when kind of. Yeah. It also helps when Derek Stingley doesn't have to defend Jamar Chase. Exactly. Well, I mean, I remember when. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember when Auburn had. Uh, you know Carlos Rogers, and they were yep. like, "Yeah, so he's just gonna be over here. Y'all don't, y'all don't worry about that." So, you know. So loud and banging, I turn my speakers up and then I just start swinging. Sometimes I get behind the wheel, then I start to steer. Don't know where I'm going, but just give me elite corners. Y'all see Tony Grimes? Yeah, uh, yeah to that one's not done yet. Nah. <laughs> you know the one I think's the best uh, that I've seen on film, Nyland Green. Um, to me is the best corner in the class if you watch him. And again, that's, you know, I don't go by stars. I just go by watching the tape. You know, a lot of people are big on Kool-Aid. Uh, Jaquincy McKinstry, the, the five-star um, corner. Tony from Grimes is a bad man. He's Dude, a I'm just star. telling you, go turn on that Nyland Green tape. Go turn it on because if you watch him, he's playing. He When when I watch kids at corner and I see this on evaluating film, are they playing on athleticism are they playing because they know what's going on? And yep. when I watch Nylon, he's unbel- He's tall, he's long, he's strong. His feet are phenomenal. His hips are phenomenal. But you can tell he's playing within the scheme of the defense. You know, there's times when they say, listen, just go lock the guy up one-on-one. But I can tell he knows when to zone turn. He understands how to pass guys off. He understands how to funnel guys inside to the safety on yeah. cover two. So if you get two verts out of doubles, he has a chance to play over the top of both of them, and it, it makes that throw harder for the quarterback to the sideline. So, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Tony Grimes is a hell of a player. I, I'm not saying Tony Grimes is not a good player. I'm not yeah. saying Tony Grimes won't play in the NFL a long time. But if I had to rate the best ones that I've seen, Nyland is up there, and there's a kid named Kyrie Jackson who's at East Mississippi. Uh, that I actually coached for a year at Fort Scott that is a absolute superstar. He's got Bama, Georgia, LSU. He'll he'll be a day one starter wherever he goes. Um, yeah. That's another guy you guys would love to watch that tape because he's every bit of almost 6'3", um, about 200 pounds, runs 4'4". I saw my own eyes, and he'll knock your head off. So it's uh, it's nice to have those guys. 
All right. So, so Nylon Green will... to Clemson or? That's what, what I'm hearing like. on Nylon Green. I'm hearing this coming down to Auburn and Clemson. And the biggest thing right now, because that Clemson stuff's hurting them a little bit, that stuff in the media. And don't think for a second that these coaches aren't using it. It's the same thing at Georgia with Jake Fromm and the picture yep. of Kirby and the Confederate hat. Uh, you look at what the statue. Yeah, it's um, it's to the point now where I really think with a guy like Nyland Green, the depth chart's going to be a huge deal. And I would put it right now at 50-50, Auburn-Clemson. I think Auburn has a pretty good chance, but Clemson does such a good job. They have, you know, they really understand what they're doing in recruiting. I would put it at 50-50 right now. We haven't put a prediction out yet on him. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to have a better feeling here in a couple weeks, but he's a guy that's got every offer in the world, but I do think it's an Auburn-Clemson battle right now. Yeah. All right. did the transition, the defense for me. So I'm going to watch tape on Nylon Green. Yeah, watch I need I need you to watch tape on Tyreek Chapel. Okay. He's out of Pennsylvania. Okay. The 24-7 composite has him at the, as the 825th best player in the nation. Okay. And you tell me that he's not a highly rated four-star guy. All right. Got a Pennsylvania. I'm writing it down. Woody, I'm writing go. it down. There you go. He's going to commit to A&M on July 4th. Nice. Nice. Um, plug you our Twitter so you can come back and roast us when we're wrong. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, no, no you no, tell no. me if I'm wrong. But no, I'm dude, hey, you, got, hey, you, you got that one, dog. Uh, my thing is, you know, it's crazy how many kids are committing on July 4th. Uh, Latrell Neville's going to commit in Nebraska uh-huh. on July 4th. Um, uh, uh, Latrell, Latrell Neville's overrated. I, I think they see size and they see that height and people I, just get giddy over it. Auburn, you know, get he it. liked Auburn a lot. Auburn yep. kind of turned him down. So did A&M. Yeah. And after he decommitted. I think. I think the rating services <clears throat> haven't followed what's really happened with him. Yeah, uh, that one surprised me. I want to ask y'all guys this, if y'all don't mind if I ask a question. You know, yeah, Auburn's done a lot of recruiting in Texas, man. You yeah. know, Auburn's recruited more in Texas this year than I've ever seen. You know, you got Demetrius Chad Davis Lawrence. and Jane Demetrius Ray. Davis yeah. is a ball player, man. Oh, we, we call him Thick Marshall. He's a <laughs> ball player. Yeah, he, he's uh, th- there's a lot of similarities there. But, I mean, even Jaden Roberts – you know the uh, offensive, line. offensive guard, yeah, uh, and then Landon King, Landon King, Scott, that they're pretty excited about. So you know, Texas has such good football. You know, I'm I'm surprised that Auburn hasn't been in there more. There really hadn't been a ton of Auburn Texas connections. Chad Morris Chad plays there. though. Yeah, he knows. I mean, shoot, he's a he's you know got the high school rep out there, knows where he's going, knows exactly what's going on. So yep. you know, it's been pretty exciting. You know, for the Auburn fan base to see Auburn kind of dipping into Texas and and trying to make a name. So. Real quick, Wait, I'm so what was the, you, what was the you, question? I'm yeah. going to give you my opinion on those three commits. Hit, hit me with it. Demetrius da- Davis is an absolute monster, state yep. champion. He's going to win ball games for a very long time. And he's made for a Gus Malzahn offense. Yes, made he is. Thick Marshall, remember where you heard it from. I <laughs> really wish A&M would have moved on him when he wanted them to move on him. Mm-hmm. But we had a quarterback commit, whatever. They were done yeah. at the position. Jaden Roberts, I like him, but I'm afraid he's going to get too big. He's a yeah, massive human being. He, he is huge. You just got to rely think, on those nutritionists. I think conditioning and nutrition is going to be a huge part of whether or not he's a starter. Yeah, it, I, I agree. This is Landon King. His girlfriend, that's a nutritionist. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Uh, Landon King is an absolute stud. I yeah. love Landon King. I think he's underrated. A&M wanted Landon King. And then he committed to Texas. 
So they went out and got Fernando Garza, another tight end, who I don't like as much as Landon King. That he's Landon Garza or Fernando Garza committed, and then uh, Landon King came back out of the Texas commit, and A and M didn't have room for him, didn't pursue him, went to Auburn. Yeah, it's a great pickup. It was, and Auburn's really been missing. I mean, uh, it, it's been a long time since Auburn had a tight end that really made a difference. You know, and not even an, an odd hand on the ground into the line scrimmage tight end. I'm talking about like a flex Y. Yeah, like a I matchup think, guy that can go out there. You know, Sal Canella had a big kick, big catch against Alabama last year, but you know Auburn really hasn't had that big-bodied guy that they can flex out there, especially in the red zone, and and let him bully somebody for a touchdown, or you know, a guy that can come across and block on the split zone, and then the next play be able to look like he's blocking on the split zone, and they run play action, slip out in the flat, and take it thirty yards for a touchdown. Yep. So that's a big part. That's a great Woody. I think it's a great point. I think he's really underrated, and I know the Auburn coaches are ecstatic. I think I think he's perfect in a Chad Morris offense to play that H back split Y, that kind of role. Yeah, and he'll put on weight. Really great. Oh yeah, Yeah. but you can't teach that natural athleticism, the the size, the speed. Yeah, the hands. You can't have enough of them. You can't. You can't. I'm a big Landon King fan. Yeah, it's easy to put on weight in Auburn when there's four Waffle Houses in one town. Exactly. Exactly. And they're all right next to each other. We only have one left. By the way, we have one left. (laughs) Wow. One left. We've done three of the four. Wow. Texas, Texas kids have done three of the four Waffle Houses in Auburn. That's our favorite oh, man, road trip. I, y- y'all are going to have to let me host y'all at the fourth one then. That's yeah. our favorite road trip. If, if right. I know why, baby. Grew up there. Yeah. We, uh, we already went to the one that's like right next to campus. That one was yeah. badass. Yeah. That one it's was a badass. Cool setup. It's always bigger every time I go back, man. I uh, I just actually went back down there couple weeks ago and and i don't know if you ever felt what it's like to be lost in your own hometown but yep. for about five minutes on a back road i had no idea where i was yeah so also what uh what's your opinion on skybar that's another question we got oh for. god um well if i could remember all the times when i went in there i could probably tell you no um Dude, I mean, it's the best. Did you get lost it. the first time you went in there oh yeah well i mean i was a high school kid so we snuck in there and it was yeah. uh I mean, it's literally like I, I, I always tell people it's kind of like when you first watch the Harry Potter movie and like all the all the like bridges to the classrooms keep moving to like <laughs> go to other places. Like that's what Skybar is like. Like, yes. am I going to up? Am I going to Gryffindor or am I just going to the bathroom? I don't know. Professor Snape, save me, please. <laughs> you walk in, you walk out the wrong door and all of a sudden you're in a club. Yeah, you you're in there with the you, yeah, you're watching Hagrid eat a unicorn out there. And, yeah. <laughs> So what? Uh, what's your thought on the defense coming back? Is uh, also do they call that dude Big Cat, or is that just kind of? They call him Big Cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Big Cat Brian. Well, my overall thought on the defense is, you know, anytime you lose, you know, those type of players up front, you know, Noah Igmanani, you're going to have a drop in production. Right. There's going to be a drop in production on defense for Auburn. The question is, how big is that drop going to be? And you know, you always look at the personnel. Kevin Steele does an unbelievable job. Of, of what I call addition by subtraction. He runs enough stuff to keep people off balance, but it's not overcomplicated for the kids. Because, again, yeah. if you watch Auburn a lot, you really don't see Auburn bust a lot of coverages. You know, there's not really guys running wide open because it's actually somewhat of a – not a simple defense, but a little simpler than what you're going to get at Alabama and all that, and it lets the kids play fast. But when, when I look at the guys they got coming back up front, you know, everybody's excited about Tyron Truesdale. You know, he's a proven guy. He's a guy in the interior that can help you. Big Cat Bryant's a guy that's got to turn it on. 
you know, we've been waiting and he's been kind of behind, you know, older guys and that's understood, but you know, he's kind of the elite superstar that everybody's waiting on, you know, to be that guy off the edge that, that gets, you know, 10 sacks that, you know, is able to have, have to demand, you know, double teams on multiple times. They really hadn't done that yet. You know, Auburn fans are hoping he will, but there's a guy that Auburn that I know the coaching staff is very excited about. His name's Derek Hall. And he was a, a junior college signee uh, out of Mississippi. And he has a chance, I think, to be a first-round pick in the NFL. He's a guy that plays Buck. Um, they can move him around a little bit. Unbelievably explosive, unbelievably violent. But the thing I hear that's the best about him is he knows how to play with his hands. And if you're going to play that position, you have yeah. to know how to play with your hands. And that's the hardest part to teach. Um, but once they get it, they get it. Like if you watch Derek Brown, yeah, he's a big guy, but just watch the way he plays with his hands. Watch Aaron Donald. Watch the way he plays with his hands. I mean, it's just – and, you know, those are two elite examples, but that's how you have to play if you want to be elite. So, you know, there's a few guys that Auburn's really excited about. There is going to be a dip in production. Uh, the safety position, everybody's excited about it. I'm a little – a little – Smoke Monday's hips bother me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know – I think he is a – true strong safety almost i used to call him elevated nickels uh to where you're you're going to yeah. be literally you know you know playing your hot zone having your read so inside out too he, he's huge and yeah. if you look four, look at what Jalen. yeah look at what Jalen waddle did to the safeties last year at auburn yeah man Jalen waddle's a bad that's man. what worries me but you know for every Jalen Waddle, george's got one too you know what i'm saying oh, yeah? like, they, they've got oh, a guy yeah. but you know the safety position at auburn to me i, I think sherwood is is and I think Smoke's a good player. He's just got oh yeah for sure. Position. He just can't be locked up man to man on slot. It's just you know. That nine Sixteen seconds in the fourth. Knicks steps up. He throws to Williams. He's got it. Touchdown Auburn! Touchdown Auburn! Foul Knicks to Seth Williams. I want his opinion on the schedule. Yeah, so we're going to go into the schedule real quick, and, yeah. and then we'll get you going out of here if you need to or whatever. Oh uh, I'll go ahead and chalk up Alcorn State, Southern Miss, and uh, UMass is dubs if you're okay with that. I don't know yeah. if you're scared <laughs> or not. But... Watch your mouth, Jordy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Alcorn uh, State, Alcorn, Alcorn State kids are on scholarship too, Jordy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be yeah, some of them. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful with the coaching here. You might get mad at me for not. Yeah. <laughs> every opponent serious. I'm just I actually said that on ESPN Radio today, like dead serious, because the guy asked me, you know, talking about how the players over, you know, don't have to really look at Alcorn State. I was like, dog, that's that's don't say that. That's how you <laughs> lose to South Alabama. I was like, you don't say that. Yeah. What's that Nick Saban mentality? Y'all are the process, baby. Yeah, but that's one of those. If they lose it, that's not on me. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm just here. If, if you're predicting Jordy, your schedule, your you can If they lose, Jordy, them. it's 100% your fault. So. <laughs> I hope you're hey, ready. If you put that on Twitter and I get a bunch of followers, I'm all right with it. Like, Hey. Hey. No, no, no listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to blast y'all off on Twitter after this anyway. So, yeah. But, uh, but no, it's uh, – 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, we can chalk those up as dubs. I'm good with that. Okay. All right. So then, so we were talking earlier, and I didn't bring it up because I wanted to get into this with the UNC game. That O line playing a UNC team that has so much coming back is really got to be scary, huh? Going into that game, if you're yeah, yeah, you know, here's my deal. I, I I look at it like this, you know. North Carolina's got a good team coming back for the ACC. You know, right. I, I I look at – and, look, I think North Carolina – I had Stacey Searles, who's their offensive line coach, on, on my Pat Dye tribute. He played with my dad. Uh, he's an unbelievable guy and a really good coach. You know, they have a good quarterback coming back. They have some weapons around him. You know, Mac Brown surprised a lot of people. I just wonder if they have the depth up front to be able to compete with Auburn for four quarters. And I think it, for North Carolina to win that game, they need to score early. They need to score early. They need to get a 7-10 to point lead. They need to make Auburn have to scratch for points and keep that defense off the field. I think if you see Auburn take that ball and, and go up 14 to nothing, uh, I don't know if North Carolina has the firepower in the tank from a depth standpoint to halfway through the fourth quarter roll another group out there that won't lose in the game. So I see that game right now. I uh, Obviously, I'm, I'm going to pick the SEC team. I typically always do against an <laughs> ACC team, you know, unless yeah. it's, you know, Bandy or, you know, Clemson. But uh, it, I really think this is a a 31-23 type game for all. Wow. Of That's what I see it at. I'm thinking it's one of those that if UNC is going to win this game, it's like you said, they're going to have to come out early. And they're going to have to take advantage of the fact that they're the experienced team and they don't need – they didn't need spring ball as bad as Auburn needed spring ball. Exactly. That's what they're going to have to take that – make that advantage. And I'm just worried about that uh, Auburn's defense. I know they got Britt there in the middle and he's he's a badass. But up front, I, I don't know enough. I, like, I don't follow ACC football. I don't know if they got dogs up front or if they're just experienced average guys like A&M has. So, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about – how they're going to come out the gates with all this, with all the Corona stuff. It's going to be a weird season. Yeah. Based and see, that's the thing. That, and that's what we were kind of talking about earlier. It's that unknown, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, again, are the guys going to be able to go out there and get the job done? You know, regardless of, of what we say, we're going to find out. We're going to find out week two. So yeah. I just, just, I just look at the historical, uh, just games with the ACC and the SEC with certain type teams North Carolina is going to be fired up. This is a huge program game for them. This it's their Super Bowl of the season. It is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, sometimes that can be a really good thing, but sometimes that can be a bad thing. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to how, to, how does North Carolina handle the hype right. um, going into the game to finally be on a national stage early and try to make a statement win in a very pro-Auburn city. Yep. And, and, and I think this could be a game day destination. With all the hype surrounding North Carolina, Auburn's obviously going to be good. I think this could be a game day situation for him. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I and think it'll probably be slow early, but I think you're right. I will say, I think, I think Sam Howell's the real deal. Yeah, I, think okay, I was just going to say, I was just about to say this: that Sam Howell. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm just looking at what happened last year. Sam Howell has a very has a chance to be a sophomore slump candidate because. Yeah. His stats look good, but his stats also only look good against crappy teams. For the yeah, moment. yeah, that's a huge. That's he a was he was point. not good. He against played good Clemson team. well. Yeah, look at look at Jamie he Newman threw for 144 yards against Clemson. We'll get, we'll Is that get it? That's I, it. I How are they so close to Clemson? I mean, he only threw 27 passes. 
How how were they within a two point conversion? I think of Clemson. Clemson. There was a there was a few games last year where Clemson didn't play very good. Well, yeah. that's Clemson just Clemson. Like crap. Clemson. But I mean, it was twenty one twenty. They only. I mean, they scored twenty points. Yeah. So he's not going to yeah, throw it's, for it's, a so ton. it's the same thing. It's the it's the now now and this is the way I look and this happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's okay now. This quarterback that's good against. ACC teams that are mediocre. Well, he had a really good year, so now he's going against an SEC team, so they prop him up like he's been playing SEC teams. It's yeah. the same thing with Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman, if he was still at Wake Forest, the scouts would like him a little bit, but he's not a preseason All-American. There's probably not one person right now talking about Jamie Newman outside of people at Wake Forest. But yeah. he goes to Georgia, and now he's, now he's Cam Newton. You know we'll what I'm saying? Now he's there. supposed to do all this. I heard you talking about him on the podcast with uh... – it was with Marcelo on Monday, yep. So we can definitely share that opinion that you Jamie know, Newman is. We'll get into that one in a minute when we get whatever. That one, but, but, but Jamie Newman is better than what they were going to roll out there. Yes, yes I agree. Okay, yes. That's all I, I, I I'm said. not saying you're wrong on that, James. Um, so my thing, I guess I kind of got, I don't want to say brainwashed, but I went to the <laughs> North Carolina Temple Bowl game because it was where I'm living right now. Okay. In Annapolis. And – Sam Howell was lights out that game. Played his yeah. ass off. Lights out. Still against out. Temple. Still against it Temple. was against Temple. But I just – I saw the potential. I saw the arm talent. I saw the re- – his receivers around him are very good. Yeah. No, they, they've got some they really have, good skill They players. have SEC wide receiver talent. Yeah. I have no problem saying that. His receivers are legit. Yeah, it's here's and here's here's. I, I don't I – I haven't really decided where I fall on North Carolina yet, whether I'm – Buying the hype or not, you're gonna know. I'm telling you, Woody, just trust me, bro. You will know what's gonna happen that game after the, each offense has two series on the field. I agree completely. Uh, yeah. exactly, I completely you will know because you'll see who's pushing who up front. Yep. And because again, there is that big bad boogeyman SEC in the closet that is in the back of everybody. Because again, they all think, oh man. These guys went to North Carolina. They probably wanted to go to the SEC, and they didn't sign up, so they're going to play better. Well, that's one mindset. Well, but the other they also mindset is go to the SEC. Yeah, the other mindset is, oh, no, we're down 10 in the first. This is an SEC team. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's an SEC team, guys. You know, it's not ACC play, so we'll be fine. You know, just let's just make sure we don't get hurt. So right. a lot of different <laughs> mindsets that go into That's a real thing. It's, it's a really you know, weird you know, thing, you know, though, because it, it is their Super Bowl. So it is. how do they handle that? How do they handle that pressure? Yeah. Do they do they come out like look at Texas last Texas last year playing LSU? Yes, it was LSU early. Texas shows up for huge games. The LSU game was their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so I want to I want to be the non biased voice in this. This is not North Carolina Super Bowl. North Carolina Super Bowl is the ACC championship game. 100%, if they get there, I'm saying they're, they're getting regular there. Season Super Bowl. Shit. The division They're, is the ACC. Well, let me ask you this, James. There. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you're picking them to play in the ACC championship game, okay, all right, that means they had a huge year, right? That means that, uh, that they, doesn't mean that they don't have to have a huge year to make. Well, the if they're going to win, if they if they if their division sucks and they should win every game in their division, there's not a lot of other teams in the ACC on that other division that are super talented either. So it's their so, Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, and James, I, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from because you're talking about expectations. Their expectations coming into the year. Their expectations year, right? are playing the ACC championship game. Exactly. Exactly. What What I'm saying is, if I'm them, and I'm saying, okay, I think we can win the ACC championship, or at least get to the Clemson game in the ACC championship, or play whoever, whatever, whatever. 
well, you beat Auburn, you put that on the resume, now we're talking playoff possibly. Yep. You know, so again, you can only fight these battles one game at a time. You know, North Carolina's got to worry. And again, it, the coaches in the back room, you know, Auburn versus Alcorn State, they're not sitting here, you know, sweating over Alcorn State, whatever, whatever. That North Carolina game, you know, that's the big – that's your season pusher. That's, that's North Carolina goes and wins setter. that game, it's going to boost them for the rest of the season. They get murdered, watch. They'll lose to Boston College or somebody in two yep. weeks. I guarantee yep. it. And, and I will say I'm so, – I'm good friends with a guy who's North Carolina grad, huge North Carolina fan. That's why I went to the bowl game, everything like that, right? The He has talked about no game next season other than Auburn. Yeah, That is all they're looking well, forward to. Because they're looking right at now. the schedule. You're looking at the schedule. You're not looking at the ACC championship game. But for but them, there's I'm just telling you. the ACC championship game. And well, an SEC team, an SEC team on Auburn. a neutral field oh, it's is a huge any game. ACC team Super Bowl. I'm not arguing. It's a huge game for him. But I, I feel like if you told a UNC fan they lost Auburn and they won the ACC, I feel like they'd be very okay with that. Oh, well, yeah. No yeah. shit. Yeah. So that's the bigger game. No that's shit. the bigger game. Hey, there's, there's an angle you guys aren't thinking about here. All right? I'll give you five seconds to maybe think about it because you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Well, UNC – I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but UNC plays UCF week one. That is a big one. But who beat, who beat North Carolina to go to the Sweet 16 in college basketball? Texas A&M. Oh, Auburn we beat the did. shit out of Auburn. Auburn. We, Auburn beat, Auburn we beat got North the Carolina. shit we did kicked it. out. <laughs> yeah. Auburn, dist- Auburn did the one thing to North Carolina fans that is the ultimate sin. Yep. You kicked them out of the NCAA tournament early. So you should have. More things the- in common. We did the same fucking thing a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, dude, A&M still has the craziest finish to a basketball game I've ever seen. But I don't yeah. want to go down that rabbit hole. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. I was watching that. I actually slapped my brother because I couldn't believe it. Um, but uh, but no, and and Kyle Caruso is one of my favorite in the NBA. Alex so, Caruso, Alex yes. Caruso, God, yeah. he, he looks goat. like a Kyle. Alex Kyle, he, on, he goat. Yeah, no, but uh, like I think James, James, I think it is maybe a better term is uh, a springboard. You know, it's it's um, it is a oh, huge it's... matchup. You could say Super Bowl, Woody. I don't think you're wrong. I think both you got two things can be true at the same time. Um, it's the biggest game on their 12-game schedule, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good one, boys. It's going to be a really good one early. And that so, UCF game, I'm interested in that one, James. I'm very interested in that yeah, one. Yeah, I just looked hey, it up. UCF like, has a fucking quarterback, boys. So, they, so they, they play UCF week one and then have to turn around and play Auburn. I don't love that if I'm a UNC fan. I don't either. Especially when you look across that. and you see Auburn's playing Alcorn State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, hey, take them serious now. That's, hey, I, hey, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that's, that's bad scheduling. UNC, yeah. you can't schedule yeah. that that's like that. That's the second worst schedule that well, we've gone over so far. That The first is Auburn. I think UNC was yeah. begging to have Auburn on the schedule. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think you're right, Woody. I think you're exactly they, right. They said, where can we fit you in? Yeah. When yeah. Auburn agreed to play. And you know what? You know what? Good for y'all. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, good. I would ra- – you know, I, I could – it is – now, would I do it? Hell no. I'm, <laughs> but I'm the same guy that would never schedule Navy. I would never schedule anybody that has the word option in it. Um, nope. And know, I would never, never schedule North Dakota State. What the fuck ever, are you doing, Oregon? Ever, Oregon, ever. what are you doing? I would never schedule – that. you are just – Oregon's you know, it's almost game. You're, you're almost – what's that word? We're masochistic. Like, yeah. like yeah. why? Like, why? <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Because those guys are coming down to win. Like, and so the only – there's no winning situation there. You beat them, good, you were supposed to. They'll you win by 10. Them? They'll win by 10. 
They might lose. Oregon is playing <laughs> North Dakota State in the first game with no spring ball with a new quarterback. Yeah. What's the spread yeah. right now? Well, I'm guessing right now. Just guess the spread. I just want to just real I bet quick. it's what? I bet it's Oregon by 18. Okay. I was going to say 14. 13 and a half. Jorfy, Jorfy, you're Jorfie. the uh, gambling uh, yeah. addict. Look it up for us. Jordy, oh, you said thirteen. Okay. Jordy, you said thirteen and a half. You think? Uh, oh God! It'd I be said hard thirteen not to and take. a half. Woo. Um, and so Woo. then, so I don't That'd know if you really looked at this. That'd I don't be a know if sucker you, line for real. Yeah. If you looked at this, but Oregon plays North Dakota State week one, and then Ohio State week two. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> That's brutal. What are you, you know, doing? Mario Cristobal's I'd like, rather God, tuck God. my tail between my legs and, and give them their money. They're, like, yeah. they're praying. Yeah. Or, give me, or give me is Georgia, praying yeah. the season gets suspended. Yeah. Give me Georgia State. That's who I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That, hey, was so that, you, so, that was driving around Atlanta with the game on repeat last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. So, okay, uh, so, so who do you have in the, in the Auburn-UNC game? I, ha- I think Auburn wins that game 31-23. Okay. I do. I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's close. I think it's actually going to be a, you know, 17-17 game halfway through the third quarter, and I think Auburn's going to kind of lean on them a little bit late and, and go up two scores, and, and uh, North Carolina will make a rally late, but I just I don't think there will be enough time. I mean, the end of the game is where you're going to see the SEC flex the muscle. That's what I believe. So – if I remember correctly, we all bought the hype except for Flounder, right? I Flounder's the pick, only one that Flounder's the only one that had Auburn winning that game. I did pick yeah. North Carolina. I'm not gonna uh, lie. I've gone back three times. I'm back on the Auburn side. I started on the Auburn side, but then I went to North Carolina. Hey, I there's think, plenty of time. It's twenty twenty, dog. I think it's a, <laughs> yeah, there may not be plenty of time, it's twenty twenty is what you should have said. Yeah, God. Please. I'm I'm probably higher than most. I, I think that um, a lot that went into. I appreciate my, your honesty, Flounder. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I mean, kidding. I, uh, I think I kind of have Auburn higher than like uh, than the rest of the guys this year, just because of like I, I think that like Bo Nix, uh, like for me, a lot of it. I think whenever I was making my list, kind of a lot of it hinged on him at the time, mm-hmm. and then you know once I kind of I mean, started. What's up? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What's up? Oh. I was just saying, like, their entire season hinges on whether Bo Nix takes the next step. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. So, like, yeah. I'm I'm very high on Auburn this season. Like, I've only got them losing two games, and one of those was extreme bias. So, yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, without a doubt, I and I think um I th- I think what you're saying, Finders, it's it, it's we're gonna find out where Bo Bo Nix is week two. That's yep. when we're gonna find out, and that's when he's gonna have to take that step on a national stage in another big game. And uh, I, I think that'll be a really good proven ground for him. And, and like James was talking about, a springboard into the rest of the season, not only for North Carolina, but for Auburn. So, you know, because if you look at Auburn that next week, they go to Ole Miss on the day that they're retiring Eli Manning's jersey. So the good thing for Auburn is Eli Manning's not playing. So, right. you know. <laughs> so, but, so hey, you have nothing is guaranteed with John hey, Rice Plumley up there, man. Dude, I, I you know. I'm, I'm going to – we're going to get into this right now since Ole Miss is next. I'm not sold on like him this year coming up. I think he could yeah. be something down the road, but like the fact like so like Bo Nix came in. Obviously, he wasn't Bo Nix, but like Bo Nix came in and they threw him in the fire. He had some issues. He had some growing pains, but whatever. He was able to sit there and be the r- throwing quarterback. Yeah. I I Plumley, Plumley literally came out of the game when it was time to throw the ball. Yeah, I I just think 
he would have to have taken such a huge step in the offseason because if you look at Ole Miss right now, they're not ultra talented. They're not ultra deep. But what I think you'll see from Lane at Ole Miss is about every three years, once those freshmen become juniors, they'll have a chance to, you know, maybe finish third in the West. I don't think Ole Miss is going to win the West. No. Lane Kiffin. I don't. Um, do I think they could march up there and, and sneak a third place once or beat Bama, you know, out of nowhere like they, they did a few times with Hugh Freeze? Yeah, I think this is just another stepping stone for Lane, and Ole Miss fans killed me for that. But, you know, I know that Lane Kiffin probably wants to end his career somewhere other than Ole Miss. I think with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, what we're going to find with Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach is they're going to be huge trap games for the big-time SEC West contenders. They are always going to be trap games because those offenses are going to be good. You don't yeah. have those two offensive minds and not have good offenses. Yeah. And they're going to be trap games for as It'll long as they're here. Yeah, they'll sneak up. Somebody somebody is going to sneak up on somebody. And it's, you know, Mike Leach at Mississippi State, I think, is so interesting. Uh, I think that dynamic between him and Lane, it's going – I look at recruiting, and I just think Lane is just a better recruiter. And, yeah. uh, you know, Agreed. Mike will, will put up points – you know, it's something new in the SEC, especially this first year. He kind of has a little bit of advantage. But just like a good pitcher, after a season, they got a book on you. So yep. I want to see what happens when they get the book on him and they have better personnel than he does. Can Mississippi State recruit at a high level? No. It's tough for them originally. Mike Leach was not an unbelievable recruiter at Washington State, but he really didn't have to be. Here in this also league, Washington State. Like, no one's yeah, a high recruiter. Yeah. Mike Leach well, is a notoriously bad recruiter. Even when he was at true. Tech and had top ten teams, you're a top ten team in Texas, you damn sure better be able to pick who you want out of Texas. Yeah, and again, I think that just goes – I think his belief is, I'm just going to get the guys that we can get that I think can help us. They're probably not superstars, and I'm going to try and witch my way through the game by yeah. what I do. Because if you look at Mike Leach, his little play card's about this big. You know what I'm saying? So it's you know it is an absolute system. Yep. So whenever you have something that is a system, obviously you have to keep manipulating that system so you don't get the book on somebody like I just mentioned. What I'm interested to see is what does the Mike Leach offense look like year two? Is there a little more run game? Or is it still just – because, again, that defense going to be on the field a lot, boys, if they're yeah. out there throwing it that much. They're going to be on the field a lot. Well – I think uh, year one, Mike Leach is going to have a very hard time because he does not have the personnel. And you know what? It's year one, man. He he doesn't have his personnel. I mean, look at Chad Morris coming in for Brett Bielema. Those are two different teams that you need to field on offense. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Leach does not have the personnel to run his offense with Mississippi State this year. No, and again, you know, the biggest thing, like I said, is I think – what you will see is I want to see if the philosophy not changes, but if there is, hey, man, we got to start running the ball a little bit more. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like these, like, like, yeah, like let's start, you know, God, even if it's just 15 times a game, you know, and it can't just be sprint draw or, you know, uh, inside zone with, you know, out of 10 personnel. It's got to, you know, will you see Mike Leach's offense get in 12 personnel? 
and just <laughs> freak everybody out. You know, I'm just very interested to see that dynamic. Yeah. So you you got to you got to win there. Well, yeah, I got to win. What that game looks like? You talking about uh, Auburn, Mississippi State? Auburn, or, Auburn Ole Miss. Uh, I, I think typically like Auburn, Ole Miss does um, a lot of points. Uh, you know, last year was kind of weird. Ole Miss almost beat Auburn on the road last year. Yep. They played really right. good on defense. Uh, I think that is a game that there will be a lot of hype. You, you may see Ole Miss go up early, but you know, I just there's too much of a track record of, of me watching what happens in Ole Miss games to not think that Auburn wins that game uh, by at least a touchdown. I agree. I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be bigger spread than that. Quite yeah. frankly, and it, it, I, again, I, I'm. You know, I just, I'll know so much more. You know what I'm saying? Once I can actually – once this fall camp stuff starts and you can really kind of see who's hurt and you can really kind of start to make out, you know – What the rotation's going to look like. What the rotation's like. going to be like exactly and who has what. Then you'll really have a good idea of, you know, when it comes down to it, who can get third and one running the ball. You yeah. Know, who, who has a play-action game that's going to keep you off balance. Who can, you know, get off the field on third down on defense. Just a simple thing. So, I think that game is one that Auburn should win and will win. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just um, – it, it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah. Hey, going back – you said spread. Going back to that North Dakota State game, I, I was only find, finding one website that was given a line. It was actually at six and a half for the Ducks. Wow. Holy shit. If they put that on a website that I trust, I am taking that to the bank. That's, yeah, uh, do that's you have free to? money. You have to buy, book it now, Jordy. No yeah. shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, and put some in there for me, dog. Yeah, you. Well, I, I, okay, uh, just, just, I, just want to say we say it's free money, but we've yeah. seen this movie before with <laughs> hey, hey, hey. State. It seems like free money until it's not. <laughs> they'll win by six. They'll win. They'll kick a field goal. They'll kick a field goal. They'll get an extra point to win it. Right. Exactly right. They'll get it. No, and no. What'll happen is they'll be up. They'll be up by 10, and North Dakota State will get an onside kick and go down there and score with about 40 yeah. seconds left. And then, and, and and then you'll be in the, the back like, kick. that's a bad beat, Scott. Yeah, it's a bad beat. I'll be like, James? No, you put this voodoo on us, James. <laughs> put that evil on me, Ricky. Bob. Oh, yeah. Put that evil on me, James. So then uh, we're going to skip the USM game. They have scholarships too, but uh, then hosting Kentucky. I mean um, – just at Kentucky, I think, is a team that's going to that is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think their offensive line is really good uh, in what they return. I think they got some pieces around them. Um, I think, but that's they don't a have game. a wide receiver playing they quarterback this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. They don't have Randall Cobb. Thanks. <laughs> you know, and I know he hadn't played for a while, but that guy. Oh my God! I still, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and Randall Cobb's running by my window with a football. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's something. I think that game being in Jordan Hare. Uh, I just think it'll be too much for Kentucky. Uh, I, I see Auburn winning that game. Yeah, we we all took Kentucky that in there. Agreed. And Kentucky, no, we, no, took we took Auburn. We all took that's Auburn. What I, that's yeah. what I said. Four, yo, you yeah, said Kentucky. No, not. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever. Y'all know what I mean. We, we all also kind of made the point as well that it's like Jordan here matters a lot in this one, man. And it's like yeah. it could be a slugfest, but I think that Auburn still pulls it out. I agree. I just think I just think this is this is just like you're saying, Flander, where the home advantage is a true home advantage. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, we're, we're picking these based on full capacity. Obviously, we won't be there. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I know. So I mean, I uh, yeah. So then we can talk about Jamie Newman now. I think, I think the reason he is 
quote unquote deserving of hype. Not all American status. Don't get, I'm not on that board, but the reason I think it's a great fit is because he is going to be better than he's better than Jake Fromm when he's not having to throw it a lot. In my opinion, mm-hmm. he, so Jake Fromm just was, he's like a game manager. He made a couple clutch throws here and there, but he wasn't anything like special at the quarterback position in my eyes. Yeah. Um, he did what he was supposed to do, hand the ball off to some studs and let them run behind that yep. line. Yeah. Um, I think Newman could – I think he's – I think he could be better in that Georgia offense. I don't know how, how it'll go, but I don't think he's going to be like your all-American type, but he could definitely be like the kind of guy that comes in. Is If he's, if he's just going to be a game manager, he could really help Georgia win some games this year. But if they're going to yeah. have to lean on him, I'm with you. I don't think – I think the talent's going to be too much in the SEC compared to the ACC if they have to lean on his arm 30, 40 times a game. Yeah. I mean, if Georgia, if Georgia could win, if Georgia could win 11 games a year with Jake Fromm, they can win 11 games a year with Jamie Newman. Let's be honest. His job is still going to be to turn around and hand it to Zamir White. Exactly. That's going to be his job. Yeah, and, and I'm actually interested, you know, when you got a guy like that because Georgia really hasn't had a guy that was mobile. Like that. No, I'm, I'm right. wondering. Well, they had this guy named Justin Fields, but yeah, you know he's you know what happened. To Justin, <laughs> but, you know when I I wonder if they may tweak the offense a little bit to be able to use his legs a little bit more. more now, zone read action. Yeah, a little zone read, maybe a little RPO here and then because I think he's the type, and you guys are exactly right. If, if George is what they usually are up front, which they probably will be, and he'll be able to turn around and they'll be able to get three yards in the cloud of dust, which opens up the play action game. What right. I'm interested in seeing is can he sit back in the pocket and be a pro-style quarterback and make the reads and the throws that he has to in big moments? Because, you know, within that offense, with, with what they're asking him to do, is there are multiple reads. There are, you know, you have to understand where the soft spot in the zone is. You know, the biggest thing I think Georgia does a really good job of is using the tight end. And not just from a – you know, route running standpoint, but what they do with them in the backfield, they're able to slip them out, especially when you get to the red zone, they do a really good job of that. But, you know, with Jamie, he's ultra talented. I know the scouts love him. I know they're drooling over him because, you know, his athleticism. I want to see how he performs uh, when Alabama's running two man on third and seven, and he's got to make a decision, you know, who to throw to, to the field. And he's got to put it on the money and the timing's got to be right. Knowing that safety is overshadowing number two. So that's what I want to see. If he can do that, then there's a lot of teams that are in trouble because Georgia has a lot of pieces around them. They've got a lot of ability up front. They've got a lot of ability outside in the backfield. So like you guys said, you know, I think he's like that, uh, you know, if you had that car for 20 years, you know, it's always ran steady and then you got to go get a new one and you get one that may be a little bit faster. Do you drive a little faster? You know what I'm saying? Just then you normally oh. do. I think Georgia may try and drive a little faster. Yeah. yeah. And they have a new offensive coordinator this year too. Yeah. So, yep. Who knows what kind of wrinkles he's going to throw in there. You'll um, see some, I think. Yeah, I mean. They also didn't go from, like, a Pinto to a Ferrari, right? Like, they went from, like, a Pinto to, like, a minivan, right? Like, like yeah, Jimmy exactly. Newman's it's not, like, like that a next, Ferrari. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, a huge it, step. It's not, no, they, it's not 50 cent pulling off the lot, you know what no, I'm saying? No, they, they benched their Ferrari and <laughs> yeah. uh, let him transfer to Ohio yeah. State. They had kids and had to upgrade a little bit to the minivan, like James was saying. And, <laughs> you know, maybe a little midlife crisis action. Yeah. What, uh, so where are you going with this game? It's in it's in this, this year. This is this is the one that I think make makes or breaks Auburn season. This is the one. 
Um, I don't think, and I know we're going to get to it. I don't think Auburn beats Alabama at Alabama. I think for the first time in a long time, Auburn actually gets to catch Georgia early because typically you play Georgia, then you got a bye week or a cupcake, and then you play Alabama. So now catching them early with a new quarterback, with a new offensive coordinator, yeah, it's five games in, so it's not super early, but I think that will have an effect. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say Auburn kicks a field goal to win that game. I mean, that's a coin flip game. I, I think I mean, you know. I actually I actually had I'm the only one of us that had uh, uh, Auburn winning that game. By the way. Nice. Well, you're a smart man, James. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I, I I just don't I don't I don't like. He George. hates Jamie Newman. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and Auburn's Auburn's due against Georgia. You know, you had the one Hail Mary a few years ago, but you look at that, Gus Malzahn has not done well against Georgia, and that's something that Auburn fans have been clamoring about. But that Hail Mary was worth about five to ten years of bad luck in one play. Yeah, yeah. well, then then right after that, you had the kick six. Yeah, Yeah, no shit. That season season was just ridiculous. Oh, Oh, dude. Is that the horse collar? Let's not. Um, No. I don't. Th- I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, 2013 or no? Was that? Different? Yeah, it was 2013 because yeah, uh, that was the horse collar season. Yeah. Um. You know what's crazy? Again, you know Auburn should have won the Natty that year. Just put the safe punt return team out when you're up 21 to three before halftime. That's yeah. just. You know what? Don't get me. Don't get me started down. Hey, that you much. know you got. You got to give us your least favorite sports memories in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I got one that's gonna make you throw up. So. <laughs> so next week. Uh, if, if there's fans in the stands, these guys will be headed to Auburn uh, to watch the Aggies take on Auburn. What you thinking there? You know, that's one that worries me. Um, you're coming off an emotional game, um, you know, especially if you win it. Uh, if you win it. You know, Texas A&M is a team that, you know, a lot of people are, are, are expecting them to make take some sort of a step this year in the West. And I think that's a statement game for them. I think Texas A&M is going to lead that game the whole way. And I actually think that uh, that game's going to overtime, and I think Auburn wins in overtime. Yeah. So Honestly, if that's how we lose, I'll be okay with it if I'm at that game. Yeah, that I'm at the game. Oh, it'd be a great game. So I be a great after the game, too. Oh, yeah. I, I think this is A&M's game of the year. We yeah. should be undefeated up to that point. I think – I mean, we play nobody up to that point. Yeah. Um, Colorado. Could game day be there? Could game day be there? It could be. I mean, if, I expect if, if A&M Auburn, to be undefeated. If Auburn beats Georgia and UNC, it damn game well will be there. Yeah. It, that, that, you could be looking at a top-10 matchup. Absolutely. Yeah. It will be a top-10 matchup, I yeah. think. Because, because I think A&M's will. schedule – lends itself for them to be undefeated and they're at that in the point. sec west like you yeah. get an extra you get an extra serving of ice cream for that right yes yeah. a&m's gonna open around top 15 top 12 yeah and there's enough top 10 matchups to where by the time we get to week six i think it is week six or seven then they'll be top 10 unless they slip up obviously then you get auburn they get a top win against unc who'll be top 25 a top five or ten win against georgia then yeah. you, that's game day it's be. game day. Yeah, it'd be. It's an SEC West there. matchup, but I mean that's the game of the year for me. We finished with LSU Alabama. Yeah, but that's the game that defines the season. Yeah, if y'all if y'all are gonna make a move in the West, you gotta win that game. Gotta win that. In game. my opinion. So what they and A and M has had a lot of luck beating Auburn. Yeah, in yeah, I think they're hair. three out of four since we joined the yeah. SEC. 
Yeah, it's um, it's weird. It's like the road team always wins. Yeah, it's really minus weird. Minus twenty eighteen, where we choked. Yeah, yeah. You know, shoot. To be honest, we I, I that was ugly. I thought I was about to ugly. win the game last year, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that game really pissed me off. But that was yeah, an ugly funny. game. But it was ugly. It was um, ugly, ugly. But, Anthony Schwartz, he can fly. God, I love Anthony Schwartz. You can ask James. I'm all over the I, Anthony I was Schwartz waiting for. I, train, I didn't man. know. How long we were going to go before. It was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen at some point. I love Anthony Schwartz. You know why? Because you can't beat – you can't teach 4-3 speed, man. Yeah, he's got true Olympic speed. I mean, he probably runs a sub 4-3. It's ridiculous. Oh, he – I mean, they're talking about him. I mean, shoot, he was the fastest kid in the country. It was was crazy. He was the fastest, and Sean Shivers was like the fifth fastest um, in that class. But Anthony is just – you know, he's got to – become a little more of a football player. He's got to be able to do a few more things. Yeah. But even having that guy on that jet sweep motion, running a play action, does so much to the defense just because it has to. What I would love to see Auburn do is put Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams on the same side, put Anthony no. Schwartz on that jet sweep motion, and isolate Seth Williams yeah. one-on-one because teams are going to bracket Seth uh, Williams. Let's yep. not do that. And, I mean, he not beat me. the hell out of us. And, I, I mean, we do a little college fantasy football team. And I drafted Anthony Schwartz, and James said, what are you doing? He has a broken hand. I said, I don't need him to catch. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Here, run. Run. Go be yeah. faster yeah. than everyone yeah. else on the football like, great, field. Great play call, Coach. Thanks. Yeah. So, all right. Then uh, then y'all traveled on Miss State. We talked about it a little bit. Um, we all gave him the dub there. Just yeah. like we said, it's – going to be rough for Mike Leach when he like it when he's going good he's going to have his system players and his system going but yeah it's just like we said this first year I think it's they got to keep the training wheels on uh just make try not to make it look too ugly and really see what they can do kind of pressing toward the future I I don't know I think I think I think Miss State might have a Super Bowl type game against Arkansas. Like that might be their Super Bowl. Yeah, well, they got to win those. You know, you, yeah. you you've got to win those because I mean They're it's like, it's it's a fight for. If I'm Mike Leach in Mississippi State, it's a race to six wins. Can yeah. I get to a bowl game year one? Yeah, right. And I don't know if you've been to Starkville, but if you haven't, don't. Yeah, um, no, it's crazy. I actually, uh, I, I live in Mississippi right now, yeah. um, and uh, the different. <laughs> Oxford and Starkville are two very different places. Yes, they Oxford are. Oxford is fun. Starkville, the tailgate scene there, sucks. There's an old saying that I can't say. Just I just can't say it. But I can probably <laughs> tell you all off air that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah. no, it's um, Oxford's really only about 40 minutes from me uh, right now where I'm sitting. But um, yeah, I, I just I think Mississippi State, just like we talked about, uh, they're you know they're, they're bringing a knife to a gunfight this year and. Uh, I guess I'll be interested to see what year two and, and year three looks like. Yeah. So, Shit, they're bringing a plastic knife to gunfight. Yeah, <laughs> a spork. You yes. want to talk about a plastic hey, knife? Hey, sporks are very useful. Okay? They are the most efficient a... utensil, and I don't want yes. to hear an argument from anybody on that. <laughs> you want to talk about a plastic knife? We're now on to Arkansas. Oh, yeah. At I Jordan thought we already Hare. talked about Alcorn State. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have thrown them in with UMass. No, that's a broken sport, dog. Can we talk about how bad that coaching hire was? No. You you guys are going to think I'm nuts, but I actually don't hate it because I think Arkansas is finally like, this is who we are. Who would not be a better coach at Arkansas than an offensive line guy that is super excited? Because Sam Pittman was one of the best recruiters 
on Georgia's staff. Oh, yeah, he was. And but now, now you have to recruit now, to Fayetteville, yeah, Arkansas. Now, 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 do I think Arkansas is going to do anything in the near future? No. But I guarantee you that they will play their butt off. They will have a very good scheme in the run game. I don't know if they'll pass for a yard. But because I know how that goes typically with O line coaches, except Ed, Ed, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron's a D line guy. Everybody thinks yeah. O line. But, you know, most time with, with uh, offensive line coaches that are either OCs or head coaches, obviously you're going to run the ball a lot. I think you're going to see Arkansas try and play keep away with everybody. Well, they, they tried that just, game. It's just, but it's just weird because they went from that then, then to Chad Morris yeah. and now back to that. You know, it's like it's it's schizophrenic. Just, yeah. It's, it it didn't crazy. work. No. No, and again, you know, if you look at it, it takes a long time to change the identity of a team from what they were to where Chad wanted them to go. The biggest thing is I, I wonder how patient Arkansas fans are going to be with Sam Pittman because oh, I think Sam Pittman's a guy, and you're, you're probably right, and I think Sam Pittman is a guy that if they give him three to four years, Arkansas can be respectable again. And Arkansas respectable to me is eight, nine wins. You know what I'm saying? Can we get oh, it? I was thinking seven or eight wins. Because, again, I remember now the days when Arkansas was playing in the SEC championship. You know oh, what I'm yeah. I remember, and I know, you know, they don't have Darren McFadden or Felix Jones or whatever, but it's amazing how cyclical this league is. And all it takes is one year of Arkansas leading the country in rushing and putting two NF, uh, O linemen in the NFL and a running back in the NFL to have some recruits with a coach that, that knows how to recruit say, <laughs> hey, man, I'm a five-star running back. Arkansas hands the ball to this guy 25 times a game, and they're winning a few. I'm going to go there. So I think Sam Pittman may be able to steal a few guys. But, Woody, dude, do I think they're going to be anything for Texas a to worry about or Auburn to worry about? I do not. I think you're just so, going to load up the box. And do whatever you can to yep. Boy, I just, the question is, are they going to give Pittman enough time? Because I think they're still – they still think they're that team with Darren McFadden. Yeah. They're supposed to be that team every year. That's, I don't that's know if the they question. give them enough time. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and the question. They fired Chad Morris two years after taking yeah. over a Brett Bielema team yeah. that was not a Chad Morris team at all. Yeah, well, look yeah, at it. There's a lot of stuff going around. But the did program. they expect, did they uh, well, expect Chad no. Morris to succeed in his first two years? They uh, couldn't have. But I think they did. Yeah, they I, couldn't and again, have. You know, but again, but again, you know how SEC fans are. You know, we always say it just means more. It just means more, right? Well, in the state of Arkansas, there's only one team. You know, at the end of the day, you know, in in Alabama, where I'm at, you know, you have Auburn, you have Alabama, and at where you're at, y'all have 35 schools. So, you know, all those people in the state of Arkansas, that's their team. So they expect, hey, we're a state school. Wait, Georgia's a state school. Wait, Alabama's a state school. Wait, Tennessee's a state school. Why can't we – we should have as much success as anybody. Now, are they right? No. So, but, so uh, my sister went to Arkansas State for a year. Okay. And when she was there, the thing that I really took from it was all the people in Arkansas aren't either Arkansas or Arkansas State fans. If they're Arkansas State fans, they're also Arkansas fans. Like, yeah, everyone exactly. in that state is an Arkansas fan. Yeah, Jonesboro is an Arkansas town, too, even though Arkansas State's there. Jonesboro's right. a big Arkansas and, and even oh, if they're Arkansas State fans, big Arkansas yeah, fans. Because why? They don't play. Why? Again, it's the same reason Auburn doesn't schedule South Alabama. Alabama doesn't schedule UAB. Arkansas doesn't schedule Arkansas State. They do that for a reason. What would happen if South Alabama you, – you saw what happened when La Monroe beat Bama – you know, imagine if that – imagine if that was Auburn losing to Jacksonville State, which they almost did a couple years ago. That game was awesome. years ago. 
They oh. should have lost that Garrett, game. They Garrett should have lost Blake that game. onside kick recovery away from losing that game. Should have so, lost that game. So before I forget this, back to your point on like talking about they're like a running back and then like a couple offensive line picks away from you know being like that big program. I feel like that's exactly what Brad Bielema was really hoping for towards yeah, the, it, like Brandon yeah. Allen, uh, his brother. Alex Collins, that whole offensive line that was that weighed more than an elephant or whatever that crazy stat was, the whole Raiders offensive line, and it just didn't work out that way. So I totally agree with you that if he does get that amount of time, just a couple of years to get like exactly what they tried in the past with Bielema, it, it really could work out in Arkansas's favor, and they could be, you know, yeah. again. Like, you guys, you guys know it's 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 a very similar situation to what Auburn's had at linebacker a little bit. You know, Auburn hadn't put a linebacker in the league in a while. And in recruiting, yeah. you know, KJ Britt's about to go. Zacoby McLean will go. Uh, yeah. I think Zacoby McLean is a guy that everybody needs to keep an eye on because if he gains 15 pounds, uh, he'll be a top three round pick. But um, you know, the biggest hump for Auburn is is once they get KJ Britt in that league, you know, you're gonna see because Travis Williams is a hell of a recruiter. But but with Arkansas. You know, and Fonder, I, I, I like your point, and, and me and you are in agreement on that. I, I'm just wondering, what is the ceiling for Arkansas? You know, what, what is a legitimate – what is, James, a legitimate ceiling for Arkansas? I mean, is, is it in a good year? Is it eight? Is it not nine? nine. So it I, nine. I, think, I think what Arkansas needs to strive to be is – and give them four years to build this, but in four years they need to be the team that wins eight, eight games a year almost every year. And every now and then you put shit together – and you make a run, and maybe you win 10, maybe you win 11. Yeah. But, I mean, once every five years you make a run. Yeah. But that's I, them. I mean, you're never going to be the I'm going to win 10 games every year. Exactly. That's not right. Arkansas. 100%. But every team, but every team has a ch- should have, if they do it right, a chance to be a team. Like, that's just how football yeah. works. Exactly. Yeah, that's when the stars align, why the fuck are we playing the, the game? Experience. Exactly. I'm with you. Right. When, when the stars align, they, should, they would have the chance. Yeah. But yeah. realistically, they're an eight-win team. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm well, kind of like the 2020 A&M team. Like the Stars aligning, but but that's we'll that's different. That's different. This isn't a once in every ten years team. This is a once uh, in every three years. So team. this is a once in every ten year schedule. This schedule is a joke for A&M. Yeah. Again, a lot I mean, of technically, it it's a that. once in every seven years schedule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then uh, we got LSU coming to the plains. The week before Bama, <clears throat> we all went Auburn here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going Auburn here. I think uh, LSU is going to be super talented. Um, I just think again, Auburn typically does pretty well um, at home against LSU. Um, I just wonder, Auburn's going to have a chip on their shoulder after that game last year because that's a game where DJ Williams, you got to stay in bounds, dog. Yeah, you stay in bounds. Auburn has a pretty good shot to win that game. Uh, what, what I'm interested is you do have Jamar chase, you know, LSU lost a ton of talent. They're going to be talented, but they're going to be young. And I think that's the game where Auburn, you know, can use the home field a little bit. It'll be a fight. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Actually. I think there's going to be some points scored in that game. Um, I do like Auburn. Uh, it's always going to be a dog fight with LSU and Auburn. That's a very, very intense rivalry. Um, you know, that goes back. There's a lot of, you know, the earthquake game, the fire game, that there's right. a bunch of stuff, the four interceptions in the fourth quarter. Um, I do think Auburn wins that game. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just not buying LSU this year. I, 
I think they'll go. Well, the question is, what, what, what do you think? World. What do you think LSU's selling this year? That's the question. Are, are you is are you are you trying to say that LSU's selling? We're going to win the Natty again? No. Or are you trying to say LSU's going to win nine and go to a New Year's Day bowl game? I definitely don't think LSU wins nine. I think LSU finishes behind Alabama, Auburn, and A and M this year. I, that's a very real possibility. I, yeah, I just don't believe in Miles Brennan. That's no, and you know what's you crazy? Can have, I, yeah, they I'll have the best wide receivers in the nation. Yeah, but so, so I don't I know saw, that I believe in Miles Brennan to get him the ball. Yeah, I I saw Miles Brennan that one uh, couple years I was coaching junior college in uh, Jones County in Mississippi, actually not uh, far down the road from here. He was from Saint Saint Stanislaw, and they would come down and do their camp down here. So I get to watch him, you know, go through the drills and all that stuff. He's got a good arm, you know. Anybody that's going behind Joe Burrow, man, that's a tough game. Oh yeah. Um, but again, I think he's. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I, I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to lead them to a huge surprising reemergence after a big year. I, I'm with you on that. He's a prototypical LSU quarterback. Yeah. You know, and again, you know, with, with what, with what they do, you it know, works it, 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 when it, you it, don't lose like 14 people to the draft. Yeah, dude, they, they lost. I, I mean, that first round, was oh my god the, the entire draft alone, but their long snapper was drafted yeah i mean and it, it's and they lose joe brady which is a big piece they lose joe brady does that's a good huge. job but that's a you know steve insminger is more of a you know 11 personnel you yep. know here's well, what we want to do in, uh scott lenahan and i'm a cowboys fan and you can't tell me that the cowboys don't have one of the best off set of offensive pieces in the nfl oh yeah dude. But, well, but he couldn't do anything with them yeah and people aren't talking about the loss of Dave Aranda enough. The loss of Dave oh, Aranda is huge. I think he was arguably – now, Venables is the best, but Dave Aranda was probably the second-best defensive coordinator in the nation last year. Dude, Dave Aranda, it's crazy. So, you know, you lose Dave Aranda, which I think, you know, he's one of the best defensive minds, you know, in football. I am just – whenever you have it, and you guys have said it, Whenever you have that much turnover uh, on the field, in the coaching staff, it, there is not a quick fix. So, you know, whether it's early, whether it's late, it is going to show itself. And I actually give LSU fans credit. Um, I, the ones that I've talked to are kind of anticipating that a little bit. And, again, you're coming bit. off a year where you win a national championship. So it's a free year. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's really, a lot easier to yeah. say, oh, maybe this isn't our year right after – Exactly. Well, what, did, what did Auburn do in 2011? I can't even remember. Like, no, right. I'm trying to think right now. Who and cares? I, do not remember. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, we were all, um, you know, partying for, for a whole year. Yeah. And so but, was Gene Chizik. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but it's a lot easier when you just had a historic year. Yeah. I mean, I think, who gives a shit? Who, who, I, who fires somebody the year after they won a national championship? <laughs> find me that guy, and I'll find you a, 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 unicorn, a leprechaun riding a unicorn. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think LSU fans are like 50-50 of that. Uh, who cares? You know, you know, maybe we're not yeah. going to be Well, you know year. once the season and then gets then there's here, the James, 50%. they're going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, you then there's the 50% the like, y'all are sleeping on us. Y'all yeah. are degrading us. How dare you? We are the reigning exactly. national champions, and we will show you. That's the yeah. other thing. Win it again. And again, you know, it's, it's, uh, they, know, they know how to get intense down there about as good as anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, one word for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then the Iron Bowl following that, 
to close out the season. Right now, you got them at ten and one or ten yep. and zero. Yep, I but think it, this is. I, I think. You know, and being from Auburn, I got to take my Auburn, my orange and blue glasses on. Playing in Tuscaloosa is really, really hard. Um, I think Alabama is as talented uh, personnel-wise as anybody, as they always are. They lost last year's game. Um, there's a chip on their shoulder. And I think that's a game where the Iron Bowl is typically always going to be a fight, but I do think Alabama wins that game. The question is, you know, are both teams – undefeated going into that game is that a game that decides the west is that a game where now it's oh well auburn lost you know blase 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 you know can they still get in the playoff or whatever with one loss so i do think alabama wins that game but i do not think that's a death sentence for auburn when it comes to the playoff so yeah so there's a if if your auburn prediction comes true and they go 11 and 0 and then lose to bama there's a chance there's a that scenario. that's a three-way tie. There's a if scenario. A &M, if AM beats Bama and their yeah. only loss is to Auburn, we got a three-way tie here. And is that what is the SEC? Do they still do ranking? Or well, well, I do? think I think what they do is they take all the coaches and they put them in a room and give them each a baseball bat and whoever walks out is <laughs> SC West winner. So uh, actually, my money would be on Jimbo. Yeah. Really, really, I was. I, gonna... I just Jimbo's got that you know that look in his eyes. Sometimes he's got that country like boy. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's like just got that corn that, fed strength. You know, Nick's Nick's old man. You know, Nick's Nick's old. You know, it'd be kind of unfair to put him in there. They may have to put in like a yeah, sub more like, don't, like coordinator. Don't put that strength and conditioning coordinator in there. Fuck. Yeah. No. Well, you know, he's at Georgia now. Yeah, he went yeah, to he Georgia. Left. Yeah. They gave him a special teams coordinator yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, Scott Cochran, man. Um, He's never coached. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, 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 yeah. I'd go after every punt. <laughs> I'd rush every punt. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, that, that's one where I think it is going to be – I think it is going to be a traffic jam uh, at the top in the SEC West, and I think there's a very real scenario where you could have a three-way tie. Now, you know, then it's going to come down to – does Auburn beat North Carolina? You know, did, yeah. did, did Auburn beat Georgia at Georgia? That's why I said I think that is the most important game because they lose that game. Well, now the tiebreaker's out of the window because I really don't see Alabama, you know, losing a game in Texas A&M. You know, it, it, whatever happens in that Auburn game, like you said, you look at the schedule and then you get to the back end, you know, where they're going to have to win one. And, dude, it, it's anybody's guess right now. It, it, to me, it is – and everybody wants to pick Bama, and that's fine. And, but they always do. You know what I'm saying? What's different? What, what's different about this year? So, you know, I think the West is going to be a logjam. I think the East is as deep as it's been in a while. Um, I like Florida. I like Kyle Trask. Um, but, again, I, I do think there's a scenario, James, where there's a three-way tie. And, and, again, I I don't know if you're looking it up or I'll look it up. But I, No, I just, I so I just looked it up. So the tiebreaker is, you know, it goes through all of the head-to-head. Is, -head is it point scored? No, so it's like, you know, it goes through the head-to-head, -head, common opponents, and all this shit. That's all going to be tied if they're all 10 and, uh, 11 and 1. Then the final one is the combined record of your non-divisional opponents. Wow, okay. So that's going to favor, favor Auburn because they yeah. play Georgia. Yeah, okay, they play no, Georgia, who will probably go who will probably go one or two losses in the SEC. Yeah, yep. no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, all, Alabama plays Tennessee. And well, you know, oh, it, oh, Alabama also plays Georgia. Yeah. Oh. Well, the thing is, too, the thing is, too, though, you know, what happens, guys, you know, if that happens and you're going into the playoff and you have three 11 and one teams from yeah. the West, how are you going to tell one of those teams, 
no, nah, man, you can't come in. And you know they're not going to put three SEC teams in. No, nah, we're going to throw no, a fucking – We're going to throw a two-loss yeah. Oregon you'll get in two. You'll never get more than two. You'll, you'll, you would get two, and it would not be A&M. And that's, if A&M doesn't come out of the West. If they yeah. lose the tiebreaker, A&M's not getting in because their schedule's dog shit. Yep. Yeah. But, no, that's, that's a and, good point. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios there. I mean, you said the A&M-Auburn game goes to overtime. Say A&M pulls that out, but yeah. Auburn beats Alabama. Yeah. I mean – In the season. Right. It's, there, there's so many there's so many hypotheticals in it, and it's such a cool thing because they're all in the West, so they all got to play each other. And, you know, yeah. and but I still um, think if we had to pick, A and M's the least likely to go eleven and one this year. Yeah, but it, again, I, I think uh, it's a year. I think it's I think a year Auburn's too. the least likely. I, I I think with Auburn having to go to Georgia, to Georgia, it makes it tough. That's true. And, to and Georgia they have to play and UNC. Alabama in the same year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. A&M um, has the easier schedule, for sure. Yeah, they, it's just, again, it's going to be who starts off hot in the conference and who can get that momentum and who can see that finish line. And then you start getting towards the, hey, we got Bama at the end of the year. We got LSU at the end of the year. You know, then you really know where you stand. So I think it's going to be a battle of who can dominate week three through five. If you can dominate and, three through five and set yourself up, You'll be all right. If you look at the schedule, that's A&M. A&M yeah. schedule is weak. I don't think you're wrong. I, don't think, you're I think the real question, though, is – But, again, of- you say weak, and that's something, Woody, I do. I, I do want to play a little devil's advocate here. I think it's impossible to, to be in the SEC West and have a weak schedule. I don't care if you play four, three high school teams out of conference because anybody that has to play Alabama, Auburn, oh, excuse me, Texas A&M, you know, in a division. That's not counting Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and a, and a Missouri team that is not going to be good this year. I like that higher, though. Um, it's just so hard. It would be so hard for me as a head coach not to schedule all cupcakes. Oh, when no I look doubt. and say, i got to go, wait a minute, I've got to go to – I'm playing North Carolina on a neutral site. I've got to go to Georgia, and I've got to go to Alabama. They better the schedule committee. There's nobody around that can sit there and look at that and say, "Well, you know, here's what we played." You know, Boston College on the road, and, and all, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> hey, like, "What?" You're talking to the A&M fan that watched A&M play at Clemson, yeah. at Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, and LSU last year. All right, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but no, it's just God. It's the just A&M a schedule talk. three through five is Arkansas, at Miss State, yeah, Fresno State at home. That's four through six. That's four through six. The first three games are Abilene, Christian, North Texas, and Colorado. I said three through five. Abilene, Christian's game one. Abilene, Christian, North Texas, Colorado, Colorado, Arkansas, Miss State, Fresno State. That's as easy as it gets. God, Fresno State is such a weird game game for Texas. I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, I mean – the, the real question it comes down to, again, I think, between Al, or A&M and Auburn is which quarterback takes the next step. Yeah. Again, well, that's, again, you that's know, it. at the end of the day, whose offensive line is going to play good, which quarterback is going to take the next step. I mean, that's it's, what I'm it's, thinking. You know, yeah. it, it, I mean, it goes – to me, it goes in that order. Does the new talent, unexperienced Auburn offensive line get in there and dominate? That's – Because we know it's talented. It's just – Or – does the experienced, probably less talented A&M offensive line with the fourth-year starters? I'm telling you right now, Woody, if, you could, if I could trade 
if Auburn could trade with Texas A&M, trade offensive lines, I don't know how many Auburn fans you would find that would turn that trade down. I, again, I get it. That that's it, I get it's, it. It's such an unknown, and you know, with my luck, it'll be the unknown. They'll be the best offensive line in the history of Auburn. But you know, it's it's they say the bird in the hand's better than one in the bush, right? Sure. And that's just kind of the way that I look at it. And like you said, there is great personnel. Uh, you know, Brodarius Ham's a guy I know people are really excited about. Austin Trox is a guy people are really excited about. Uh, Tayshawn Manning, guys are pretty excited about. So, and they signed some Juco guys. But, you know, a few weeks in, we'll know. You know, it's kind of cheating. But at this point, if I was a Texas A&M fan, I would actually feel a little bit better about this whole pandemic situation uh, because of the experience that y'all have come oh, back. So, so there's a thing called BAS, which stands for battered Aggie syndrome, okay. which basically means you're just used to everything going wrong. And that's just <laughs> what you expect to happen. But you said it with your luck, the off, Auburn offensive line will be the best in the history. Shit. If I was wrong all the time and it meant A&M was going to be good, let me have it. I'll be wrong. Uh, yeah. All the again, time. it's, uh, but it's instead, it, it, yeah. But instead, I'm right all the time, and A&M's just average. So that's yeah. Just, and, I mean, and again, you know, it, it's there's always that year. You know, what I'm saying there's always that that one year where you make the run. If I was you guys, what I would watch is I would watch Kellen Mond as much as you can. And I know you can't see his eyes through the face mask. He'll tell you how confident he is in that offensive line the first three times he drops back. I don't care who y'all are playing in that yeah. first. Abilene Christian, y'all could be playing Permian with Mike Winchell, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's – if he drops back there and you kind of see a little bit of a different Kellen Mond in the pocket, then you guys will know. You know what I'm right. saying? You'll know. Now, if he gets back there and it's the same old, uh-oh, you know, here we go. Now, now I got to do something crazy and create. Then you're probably going to get the same results that you're talking about. But I'm very interested to see because Jimbo does have a tendency of, of coming out the woodwork sometimes and putting some stuff together. So you make Christian Ponder a first round draft pick. Yeah. Dude, Jimbo's Jimbo is one of the most highly regarded quarterback coaches oh, on yeah. the planet. Like, yeah. like it's and, and you guys know as well, if you go to a practice, he's harder on that quarterback than he is on anybody. And yeah. and you know oh, yeah. even guys that he's had. And that's something guys people at Auburn still talk about. So, you know, I do think this is this is a year that Texas A&M can do some things, but I'm kind of with y'all. I've seen the Texas A&M, Texas A&M sometimes has been clickbait, and I've said this before. It's hard for me to take Texas A&M to do a huge thing just because it hasn't happened. And yep. you know, and we've now. seen the we've seen the late season debacles. We've seen the hype. We haven't finished Ooh, a year yet. This get, this this season is set up to go six and zero. Maybe you lose to Auburn, and then you know you're you're nine and one or ten and zero, and then lose the last two games, and none of it matters. That's what it's yeah. set up. And, and, and the, again, the late season debacle. That's why it's such a gauntlet. You know, you, you finally get through it, and you're nine and zero, and you're ranked top three in the country, and then it's uh oh, you know, LSU Alabama to yeah, finish like, the fucking year. Yeah. So well, what you know, welcome to our lives. You know, typically it's Georgia and Alabama to finish the end of the year, and that's yeah. just, we we have it's like we have, it's, it's literally like your gift at the end of the year is is somebody knocks on your door and you open it and they kick you in the nuts and run away. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> we have such parallels. We have Bama LSU. Y'all have LSU Bama to close the year. So yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's just but, it's going to be very interesting. So you want to? Uh, so I, I don't know what the I don't know what the consensus consensus is across the country, but I feel like at least in this group, it feels like. The West is a three-team race with yeah. A&M, uh, A&M, Alabama, and Auburn, and it's just 
I don't think yeah, LSU competes out of that. for it this year. Right. I, I feel yeah. like it's those three teams. I, you know, I, I agree. I, I don't think you're, you're crazy to think that at all. Um, but let me ask you this. Where does LSU and A&M play? Kyle Field. Uh, it's at mm. LSU College Station. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It's in it's College, in College Station. Station. They beat us 57,000 to zero <laughs> in LSU last year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, – wow, that one's going to be crazy. Oh, we had a touchdown. It was 57,000 to seven. Oh, and yeah, that's right. That's the right. last time LSU played at A&M was the seven overtime. Oh, yeah. Well, you know Damian Craig's a good buddy of mine. No oh, kidding. Shit. Yeah, he played but he played for uh, – he was a quarterback my dad was coaching. Yeah, he was a quarterback so Damian, at Auburn. Yeah, Damian uh, knows me from when I was picking my nose and stuff. So. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a hell actually, of a – Yeah, he was actually the wide receivers coach at South Alabama when I started there too. So. Oh, really? Yeah, he's that's such crazy. a good dude, man. Yeah, he's wow. a great guy, man. Yeah, yeah he's I awesome. I hear a crazy Jimbo Fisher story too before I got to run. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So, and again, you know, I heard this from somebody that would know. So when, when Jimbo was coaching at LSU for Saban and Hurricane Katrina came, remember? Yep. It flooded everything. And so they're sitting in a staff meeting and Jimbo's wife calls him and goes, honey, the house is flooded. We got to get out. So they're in a staff meeting. Jimbo looks at Coach Saban. He's like, Coach, I got to go. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, my house is flooded and my uh, kids and family um, – I got to get him out. Well, he's like, well, damn, you had never heard of a hotel? And he was like, well, coach, I just think I need to be there for him. He's like, let me tell you something. You walk your ass out of the door. Don't walk your ass back in it. And they got put in a hotel. Oh, damn. My God. Damn. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no confusion over who runs the show when uh, Big Papa Nick's behind the show. Yeah, yeah. oh, shit. I feel like everyone knows that Nick Saban is like that level of like intense, but like the stories just really drive it home. Like the yeah, well, there's there's one there's one that I can tell y'all off air that I can't say on air, but um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy and it just really lets you know how much pull that Nick Saban really has in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Well, then I say time they had to wait. Jorfi, you do your little your, your little outro, and then we'll get that story. <laughs> yeah, I'll turn the we'll stop the recording there. Yeah, please turn it off. Yeah. So uh just want to give you a chance to plug your show and your yeah. Twitter. Go ahead and yeah. give us that and uh join thanks for joining us today. Yeah, man. Great stories, great feedback. Uh hopefully we do this again. Maybe we'll revisit this when we get to the uh Auburn week or or maybe we get it going more than that. It just depends on how busy you are with your new shit, so yeah, well, dude, number one, thank you guys. I mean, I had a blast, man. Uh, uh, I would love to come back on. Shoot, I may just show up in College Station and knock on one of y'all's doors. But, uh, you know, it's it's something you can find us, obviously, on Twitter at The J Boy Show. We're on Instagram at The J Boy Show. Uh, we have a YouTube uh, page. It's obviously The J Boy Show. Uh, the cool thing is you can text J-B-O-Y to 90407. Uh, that signs you up for our VIP listener list. So you get predictions before anybody else. You'll yeah. get to know when the episodes drop for anybody else. But uh, again, man, it's it's something where we're growing. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, had a lot of cool guests. Have some really big announcements coming on, uh, coming about who's I'm having coming on the show. And uh, we've just grown really fast. And it's really, uh, really timing is everything. Very blessed. And, and I know a lot of my audience will probably be checking this out. You know, I love you guys. So, uh, but now, man, just uh, really excited to be on here. Y'all do a great job. And, and, you know, people need to know about the show, and, and, and I'm going to make sure they do. So, all right. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We had a hell of a time having yeah, you. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Definitely.
You're still here. It's over. Go home. Oh, you're expecting a teaser. Well, we don't have that kind of money. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning.